Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian apologetic. But here's the catch. Each one of us is sitting in a different chair. From that chair, we will argue a slice of the Christian apologetic from that specific viewpoint. To my left, I have Jennifer. Jennifer, how are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Glad to hear it. Which chair are you sitting in today, Jennifer? I'm in the chair of politics. Glad to have it. She's going to be talking about the Christian's unique obligation, responsibility, and qualifications for participating in our governing. And uh, to her left, we have Mr. Charlie. How are you this morning, sir? I am doing great. Hope you are doing well. I am doing well. I'm glad to hear, have you here. And you'll be sitting in which chair, sir? Uh, it'll be philosophy this morning. Excellent. Talking about the teleological, epistemological, ontological reasons, the reason for what we believe, the reasoning for why we believe what we believe. And to his left, we got Miss Nikki. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm very well. How are you? Doing all right. Which chair will you be sitting in? Theology. Awesome. The biblical basis for our response and beliefs. And to my right, full circle, we have Josh. How are you, Josh? I'm doing good, John Arthur, and today I'm going to be sitting in the chair of culture, and Winston Powers will actually be tagging in for me later. But before that, how are you doing, John Arthur? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Very glad to have you. So with that said, we got a lot to cover this morning. Uh, first, I believe Jennifer has a story from us out of Victoria, Australia. Yes. So this is coming from theage.com.au. It's an Australian website. And the title of this article are, What are the Proposed Laws on Gay Conversion Therapy? So this article delves into these new laws that this province of Victoria is passing in response to gay conversion therapy. So, they have passed this new law banning gay conversion practices, um, which they are including a very broad umbrella. One could say too broad. In fact, many people have said too broad, and we will, we will get into that. Non-Christians complaining that it's too broad. No, you know something's wrong. So, pull up my... So, this is uh, quoting from the article, What are they defining as gay conversion therapy? Gay conversion therapy can take place in health clinics, but it mainly involves faith-based groups providing counseling and group support activities designed to overcome same-sex attraction. The practice includes prayer, scripture reading, fasting, spiritual healing, and spiritual deliverance to heal sexual brokenness. That's, that's wild. I mean, next thing they'll do is they'll come for Daniel praying in his inner room. <laughs> yes, very much so. We've seen this before. Yes, so what would this law do? The Victorian government wants to criminalize this previously mentioned behavior in healthcare and religious settings um, that involves an attempt to change or suppress a person's sexuality, based on prayer and scripture reading, apparently. The penalty would be up to 10 years of jail time or $10,000 fines if they're uh, found criminally liable. Oh, but if you're not found criminally liable, don't worry. The reform also has a civil element. The Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission will have new powers to deal with complaints 
that don't meet the criminal threshold to launch its own independent investigations into systemic issues as a part of a new scheme for victims. All right, so let's go ahead and shotgun around the room. Let's do this quickly. 10-second hot take real quick from the culture chair. The culture currently stands on the side of homosexuality and on the side of identifying with whatever side you really want to identify with, except the one that disagrees with them. Inclusivity exclusively the way they define it. Inclusivity is a term that they throw around or that people throw around a lot in today's culture. But how inclusive are you really when it comes to people who oppose you? Everyone's exclusive. Everyone's exclusive, but we'll get to that. Moving over to the chair of theology. Uh, how does this affect Christians and what should Christians' response be from the theology chair? And second hot take. It's going to be a separator to those that really want to stand firm and those that are, are weak in their faith. Um, my understanding is that even if a person asks for prayer, it is a, it's against the law to even pray for them, even if Correct. they ask yes, for it. It is written into the law with or without consent. It is still against the law. This is where you take your stand like Jesus did. It doesn't matter what the modern-day law is. I'm going to stand on the word, and I'm going to be obedient unto the Lord, no matter what the cost. Amen. And from the political chair, 10-second hot take on this. What's the Christian response politically? Well, politically, if we don't want to see the United States start passing laws like Australia, like Canada, which we'll get into later today, we need to be politically active, and we need to be smart about it. We Amen. mentioned this last week that we can't just let these politicians say they're Christians and their actions do not match up. We need to be vetting the politicians that we vote for carefully. Amen. Ten-second hot take from the philosophy chair. Well, when you look at this from a perspective of the wisdom of it, a lot of people do not want to run down the path of where this leads, and this path does not lead well. This goes one direction. It's not equal for all. And it's not going to be applied equal for all. So this is a very dangerous step. Absolutely. And it never ends well. So with that said, from the economic chair, just a quick note, there is always an economic incentive for, a, for this sort of thing. And what I mean by that is there are those who should be speaking out against this, but they will not because they will lose their jobs, they will lose their fortunes, they will lose their livelihoods, and effectively their lives. Not, uh, not literally yet, but maybe soon. You have a lot of people who should be talking about the transgender issue as a psychological disorder. We'll get into that more later uh, when we do the in-depth on this, uh, but my 10 seconds are up. So I'm gonna move on to the chair of politics. Break this down for just a moment. Yes, so I just want to um, sort of narrow us into our Christian perspective because something important in this article is that there are Christian groups in Australia that are throwing their support behind this, speaking to what you were just talking about. And the one that this article specifically mentions is a Catholic group um, where uh, um, Archbishop Peter Comensali, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, he's Quoted as saying, the science has changed, but the church is still holding on to a false assumption of homosexuality as physically or morally deviant. So here's a supposed Christian, you know, speaking about vetting Christians, who's now claiming that the Bible does not 
consider homosexuality physically or morally deviant. That's wild. And there's a, an economic reason for that. I will hit that when it comes around to me. But going over to the chair of theology, what happens when the culture changes its laws and the laws are now contrary to Christ? What's the Christian's response to that? Well, it's a real divider. Um, actually, I think what it really does is it brings out who truly is following Christ and who is not following Christ. And um, it, it's, it saddens me that somebody in a religious organization has stood up and said that, but it doesn't surprise me. And I think you'll find that in all religions across the board, there will be some that will support government um, laws like this going down the road. Absolutely. Chair of culture. I would like to add something on to what Nikki said for the chair of theology. A lot of pastors that do take this stance on homosexuality love to use this passage in Leviticus. Yes. There is this very specific passage. I can't remember the exact place, but it's in Leviticus. They will make the case that it is actually referring to pedophilia, that it's not really talking about homosexuality. And they will say, since homosexuality is not mentioned in this passage, that must mean that God condones homosexuality. But there is a flaw in this thinking. There are plenty of things that, that Jesus does not directly mention, but you can indirectly assume because it makes sense with the character that he has. Plenty of things you can do this with. Abortion, for example. It's not directly mentioned in the Bible, but the protecting of innocent lives is mentioned in the Bible. So just because it doesn't use the term homosexuality doesn't mean you can go look, because you can go look in the Bible and you can try and find a relationship in marriage that was between a, a, a man and a woman or something that was not a man and a woman and go find if there was any repercussions repercussions for that and also go tell me if God ordained that, glorified that, or that gave glory to God, or if God saw very highly upon that. God set the standard. God set the standard on each and every issue. If you deviate from the standard, you have deviated from the standard, and the language in the Hebrew is very clear. And I think Sodom and Gomorrah is a clear example of that. Also, also the tribe of Israel that was almost wiped off. You remember Benjamin and yeah. Judges? The same thing happened. Not sulfur, but the whole nation of Israel turned on that one tribe of their sodomy so with that said you have to treat these people with love however yes. love does not mean apathy amen exactly mm -hmm. and this kind of gets to my point this question that i have for these people in australia do you have friends that you disagree with if I not do. if not you are a spineless worm you, you, we, would have, we all have friends that we disagree with. Does that mean that we hate our friends? No, they're still our friends. We still love those people. The, the misassumption in praying for someone that is homosexual here is the assumption that we dislike this person and that we hate this person. And this is the most common misconception out there. Now, do I fully believe that there are Christians out there who hate Christians, quotation marks, that hate homosexuals, for sure. 
those people definitely exist who proclaim the name the name of Christ to know who Christ is. But is that what Christ was teaching? No. It was to go love them. It's that they've been taken captive by this this foreign ideology, this ideology of the the sin nature, this just this wrongful teaching. So it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a strong disagreement, but you can still love a person. Amen. You know, when you when you look at that that angle and then you look at the path that you go on for the, the wisdom of this whole thing. There is no wisdom in this. And the reason being is that you've got a government that has dictated a law, if you will. Um, and, and let me also say this. I don't know how their laws work. I don't know how they vote and approve something like this. They have a problem. We, we do not, uh, okay, we do not have... We have a great example of how it gets abused when you look at a situation like Nancy Pelosi, we need to pass a law to see what's in the law. That's one of the worst things that she could have ever said, and it was one of the worst actions that she could have taken as, as Speaker of the House. The idea behind this is to allow the people to have a voice, and that voice was quickly shut down, and that's even more so today. That was a number of years ago. That is happening even more today. What's happening in Australia is exactly that. And what's going to happen even more is that those that think they're on the right side of this issue are approaching a day in which they're going to be found on the wrong side of an issue by the same group. What a wonderful tee-up for me. Thank you. You're for welcome. The chair of economics, special interest groups are an amazing force in our polit politic. And the problem is you have a full special interest group and lobby that is interested in pushing the narrative that uh, homosexuality is just an alternative lifestyle. Never mind the 25% of the transgender population that is schizophrenic, 40% suicidality rate even after bottom surgery. But never mind that. We're, we're, we're being loving and kind. No, 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 no. You are either saying that because you're an ideologue or you're scared of the mob. Or, or you're blazing a path for yourself. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, I'm not here to, to ascertain motive. Uh, when Christ says, don't judge lest you be judged, he followed that up with whatever measure you use will be used upon you. So that doesn't mean that Christians can't say, look, this is wrong. It does mean we probably should be winsome, kind, and gentle when we bring it up as much as is possible. Uh, we need to be firm, but we need to have grace while we do it. It's possible to say in grace, this is wrong. You need to repent and turn away from it just as I have been wrong and I have needed to repent and I have needed to turn away. Christians who come with this attitude of holding a righteousness that is higher than the homosexual, please be careful. Please be careful. What they're doing is wrong. But ye, to whom much has been uh, forgiven, he loves much. To whom little has been forgiven, he loves little. Okay, that's the John Arthur paraphrase. Uh, but make sure, make sure that you're winsome and loving with this. We want to win people, not the argument. We want to win people. Keep in mind, you know, coming from the political perspective, one of the most important things, if you're going to be politically active, is to be educated. 
And I think a big problem in today's culture, especially with the younger people and the older people, they have not been educated in true biblical values surrounding many of these topics. Some people have gone their whole lives and never heard that the Bible condemns homosexuality in a loving way. They might not have heard it at all, or they've only heard what Josh was talking about, where it's, you know, hate and they're going to hell and all of this nonsense. So when you approach someone who is in this mindset of homosexuality is a good thing or transgenderism is a good thing, keep in mind that this person is very likely coming from a place of ignorance that is not their fault. It's the fault of the culture and the church for not being there to educate people. And I think the church has really slipped. And guess what? That is now bringing us to an interesting point in time. In Canada, we're seeing some interesting activity. You want to talk about losing the culture war and then losing losing some battles and now losing the war. Canada, they're really suffering. And uh, it, this is underneath COVID, underneath the guise of COVID. But there's a great story out of Canada uh, where Arthur Pawlowski, a Polish-Canadian minister from Alberta, Canada, uh, was arrested last uh, last week at the writing of this article, which was on, it was in May. He was arrested because he allegedly organized a church service during the COVID restrictions. By the way, this is 2021, long after we have, quote-unquote, the vaccine that is supposed to save us all. We have long vaunted this and that. All of that is going but they're still coming after the church specifically. You can go to Lowe's and Home Depot, but you know, I'll be damned if I'll let you go to church is the government's response. Well, maybe, maybe you will be. But uh, with that said, someone's, uh, what, what Pawlowski said is what we have right now is some kind of hybrid between fascism, communism, and medical tyranny. If you don't think they can't take the transgender issue or any other issue, and we're going to talk about one in a moment with a Second Amendment issue. You don't think that the government is big enough to do this sort of activity in the United States. I've got a great one. We've got a great one coming up shortly. Uh, but around the room, uh, let's go with the culture chair first, responding to Pawlowski's arrest in Canada. Before I get into Pawlowski, just something to wrap up that previous article. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what the sin is. Sin is sin. Now, they all have different repercussions, all have different consequences, but they all hold the same weight. The weight is a sin. It's death. And so this is something we know. Just important to keep in mind, and whenever you're doing it out of love, understanding that we're no different than those people. The difference being we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and we, we have that guiding force. Absolutely. But as far as the Pawlowski news, dangerous. Dangerous dangerous and weird. Especially considering that that article was posted in May, and that is past the, the vaccine, or when the CDC and all these government entities have said, you're good if you have the vaccine. I don't get what the issue is. I, I don't, I, I guess it's what you're getting at, John. Oh, I get the issue. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Canadian government has opened up quite as much as the United States. No, they haven't. And there's a reason for that. They're enjoying exerting the control and they would like to maintain that for the long haul. 
So. Well, and with the Delta variant, they may get to do just that. Ooh, the Delta variant. Mm. It yeah. kills 0.058% well, is what I was reading in an article. But How dare you cite the science? Right. But the, that goes to the issue. If you look at our um, DHS secretary, uh, boy, she wasted no time uh, looking at the building collapse in Miami and using that for climate change. This, that's just an excellent way of using an issue to get what you want in the that's Canadian government. Yeah. That is it a is. very nasty yeah. game, by the way. Using a tragedy for yes. your platform I agree. is likely poor buildings, but, but that's another yeah. issue. Uh, so philosophy chair, 10 second it, hot take on Arthur Pawlowski. He said, this is a lot like what I left in the Soviet bloc. I just, I, I, I came to this side, to the Western Hemisphere, to get away from this garbage. Yeah, in, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Josh on this. Very dangerous. Was not wise at all. Um, regardless of his stance and, and whether he was right or wrong in what he's, he's uh, saying, you're provoking in a situation that you don't want to provoke. And again, it, it goes to that issue of censorship and being shut down. He's on the wrong side of that. And even if he were on the right side of it, you don't want to come across as a bully. Uh, his wording was poor in the caption. Um, could have been quite a bit better. I, Are I, you saying you think that Pastor Pawlowski should have been... Uh, wrong uh, issue. I'm, I'm going to Lucas Gerhard. No. My bad. We're on. I hope everybody we will forgive me. We haven't to Lucas Gerhard yet. We haven't Holy gotten to Lucas Gerhard yet. We're talking about Arthur Pawlowski. No he, worries. Mr. Pomeroy's over there We're, reading I'm, reading a story. I'm ready to go he's on this issue. He's reading the next story in the show, man. <laughs> oh, okay. my goodness. Arthur Pawlowski, Polish no, pastor who was arrested in Canada. This is the one that was very boisterous to the police and yes, said so you're... so he had a previous video before he was arrested. The Gestapo. One where the police came into his church on Easter and he filmed them and yelled at them to get out, get out, you Nazis, you Gestapo, yeah. and it went super viral. Later, he was arrested outside of his home or his church. I'm not sure which one. He was on the road, him and his brother, and it's the video. I don't know if you've seen it of yep. them going yep. limp, basically, and, and the cops just dragged them away. So, again, this is that censorship thing. And what you said a moment ago about you know, exerting the control. That is exactly what's being exacted here. And I, I go back, it, it really relates well to the first topic that we talked about. And that is, you know, if you can go ahead and go down this path, but there's going to come a point at which you are going to be on the wrong side of it and you're not going to be happy. We see that today in, in, in the Democratic side. There's, there's situations where they think they've got one on the issues. Can we talk about Caitlyn Jenner for just a moment? Same thing. Yep, absolutely. So what you end up having here is a censorship of opposition. Whenever you're censoring someone, check and see, are we the bad guys? Moving on to the chair of theology. What is the Christian's theological response when pastors are arrested for holding service, for having the temerity to do so? Outside, by the way. His services were outside. Not even in a confined space. I think it's... it's a call for Christians, hold ground, and it's a call for Christians, you know, take a deeper look inside. Are you really 
Are you really committed to the cause of Christ? The reason these things are happening happening is because we have not held ground. We have compromised. The church has compromised for years and years and years. And now we're being faced with the result of that. And a lot of people are going to run scared. But there's going to be, God's going to raise up some really strong warriors that are going to hold ground. Weak men breed bad times. And Can I pose a weak... question? Go ahead. Sorry, John, I nope, to go cut ahead. you off. But I did have a question for the chair of theology. Would it be that the, chair, that the church is not a physical location? That is correct. That it is a group of people. Could it be that the church is faced with persecution or a, a situation where they cannot necessarily meet above ground? Could it be that the church might have to go underground? And what do we see from the talking to Nikki? What do we see with churches that go underground? The church that goes underground are the, those that are very serious and committed to to Christ. And actually, yes, and, and they expand. They do. They do grow. So when God allows persecution, it's not to punish His people; it's to bring up stronger people, strong warriors for Christ. Amen. And this generation, I believe you're going to see some very strong young men and women who are going to be to rise up and proclaim, and, and they're going to have a voice, and they're going to have a platform. Amen. And so moving over to the 10-second hot take from the political chair. This is going to be longer than 10 seconds. Go. So speaking of churches going underground, Arthur Pawlowski is not the only pastor facing persecution in Canada. There are two other major uh, figures, Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church and Pastor Stim Tim Stevens excuse me, of uh, Fairview Baptist Church. Both of them have also faced severe persecution. Both of their churches had to go underground, and after they went underground, both of the pastors were arrested. Don't think going underground is going to solve all your problems. Be aware you will still face the persecution. Just a quick quick rundown of what happened with these for Grace Life Church. They held services where they had a space available for people to social distance if they wanted to. They were still told they had to close their building. When they didn't, they actually erected a fence around their church building, police did, and locked them out of their building. They started meeting at a Another undisclosed location. Pastor James Coates was then arrested and held in jail for 30 days, over 30 days before he was released. And just recently, I believe, I want to say um, July 1st, they were granted their church building back, granted it back by the, by the um, government overlords. Pastor, Pastor Tim Stevens is still in jail right now. He was arrested, and they had him scheduled for a, I want to say June 28th court date, which they have now pushed back to sometime mid-July. And they're just keeping him in prison for the audacity of continuing to have services. And so that leads very well. Nice tee up to the chair of economics. My, my quick hot take on this is, at the end of the day, every asset and possession that you own on this rock is for Christ's glory. You need to be willing to give it all up if it saves one more soul. If you are part 
of God's work witnessing. You are not going to get a Lamborghini or Ferrari, no matter how hard you try to manifest it with your uh, non-existent God, semi-demigod stat uh, status that some folks in the prosperity gospel movement would like you to believe. Uh, if if you if you are suffering, there's uh, inherent un un uh, resolved sin in your life. Say some people, no, I think I think Peter had a lot of sin in his life. He was crucified upside down. Apparently, either that or maybe he was right in the right place where he should have been the whole time. Persecution may come. Right now, what they're doing is they're hitting the church in the economic gut. Okay, when you don't have people in the pews, you lose those who are coming to a country club. That's okay. We can lose people who do not stay afterward. We need to pursue them in the sense of a spiritual sense. But what we lose in, in tithes and offerings, guys, God owns everything on this rock. He can provide. He is sufficient. Great so, point. Thank you. So with that said, want to go ahead and sort of wrap this one up because we want to talk about the next one, a, a Second Amendment case. Around the room, uh, uh, Josh, give us your quick hot take before you tap in with, with uh, Winston. So is this on the Second Amendment case or is this the, no, this no. Is on, the Pawlowski? This is on Pawlowski. Yeah, wrap up on Wrap up Pawlowski. Okay, just to wrap up on it. Dangerous times. Dangerous times when the government, from what I hear, is coming for the people who worship publicly. But something that we are equipped to handle as Christians, something that we should be, let me say this, something that we should be equipped to handle because we're, our, our faith and our joy, it doesn't come from the circumstances. It comes from the Lord. The Lord is, is sufficient in those, those tough times, Amen. to say the very least. All right, so moving over to the chair of theology. When the government comes for the pastor, what is the Christian's response? And quick closing thought on this one. You were born for this day and for this hour. God has equipped you to handle what's, what you're going to be facing. Please remember our brothers and sisters to the east of us in China and the Mideast, they've been suffering persecution always. They've never had freedom. And we've taken our freedom for granted. So now just dig in your heels. Stand true on the word and don't be fearful. Amen. Chair philosophy. I think, again, I'll, I'll say it again because it is right. Josh is right. This is dangerous stuff. And, you know, the one thing that from a philosoph philosophical point of view, is there any damage being done to the country by the church? I mean, it's just a really good thing to be thinking about. There are some cults that very well would do damage to the country. The local New Testament church is not one of those. Amen. Political chair. If you give an inch, these people are going to take a mile. And once they take that mile, they're going to keep going. We cannot So compromise here. is not a virtue? Yes. We cannot sit here and be the frog in the slowly increasing temperature water until we are dead and boiling. We need to be active now even if it's not affecting your church, even if your local government or you're in a state where the governor right now is being very proactive to protect your certain rights, it's coming 
down the pike. We can see it in other countries. We can see it in certain states. Just because it's not outside of your front door, 10 steps away from you, if it's 20 or 30 or 40 steps away from you, but they're still walking towards you, you need to act now. Don't wait until it's you. Step up for the people who are already being persecuted. Amen. Amen. And then again, one more on the economic level. When you are seeing trials like this, seek the Lord. If you are actively following with him and walking with him and you are in the right path, he will provide. Take the next step. If your church is crumbling due to uh, lack of, lack of uh, uh, people in the pews because you're being locked down, pray. Pray that the Lord tells you where to go next. It might be underground. It might be home church. It might be something to that effect. But pray and move. Do not let the economic issue become a driving force for your church. Always make God the driving force and the gospel of your church. Uh, with that said, I think Josh and Winston are going to tap, tap, uh, do a tap and switch here. Nacho. All right. So. With that said, we got Winston hopping in. They just did the tap. Winston, how are you this morning? Doing pretty good. I uh, didn't know Jennifer hated frogs. That's wild. Oh, uh, <laughs> good to know. A frog in the boiling water. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a common euphemism. I don't eat frog legs. I'm not French. Okay. So with that said, you'll be sitting in the chair of culture. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right. Glad to have you on. So this next one's going to be a fun ride. Uh, we are looking at a story out of here in the States where, uh, well, Mr. Pomeroy, go ahead. Yeah, so this uh, this came out of Yahoo News. I know and, you really want to get to it. Well, and, and you know what? Uh, and I want to apologize that I mixed the two stories up earlier, but I'm going to tell you how and why that happened. I'm going to read the caption, and you're going you're gonna to catch it really quickly. Um, first of all, this is a college student in Michigan who posted a picture of a semi-automatic rifle lost an appeal to drop the terrorist threat charge he faces. Lucas Gerhardt, a student at Lake Superior State University in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, can be charged for posting a Snapchat story of an AR-15 accompanied by an offensive caption the Michigan Court of Appeals ruled June 24th. Taking this bad boy up, this ought to make the snowflakes melt, eh? Did you catch it? And I mean snowflakes as in snow, Winky face emoji. Gerhard wrote in the August 22, 2019 post referencing his plans to bring his gun with him to college. The A portion caught my Canadian eye there, sure. and that's where it got mixed up. Also, you're talking about this in the Upper Peninsula, yep. which close to Canada, it, very close, and obviously there's the potential you would have some Canadian students coming in there. So my apologies, but over to you, John Arthur. So with that said, a couple more notes. This guy has no criminal record. I got a little bit of, uh, uh, unfortunately, the press has been really, really reluctant to cover this. So the Gateway Pundit, super, super partisan news site, okay? With that said, uh, they've been, they're one of the only ones willing to carry the story. So Joe Hoft is, is, is picked pick this kid up as sort of a, a crusade. But Lucas is an Eagle Scout with no criminal record. Uh, he has been in hot water multiple times at this college, although I would say somewhat unreasonably. There's a great, uh, great one where he was literally carrying 
tools for for dem- demonstrating what a police interaction would look like. He was carrying riot gear in duffel bags and wearing parts and pieces of it. When his professor asked him to bring in teaching aids, that's the word I was looking for, having an aneurysm this morning, bringing in teaching aids to show the class what nonviolent or non-lethal police tactics look like. And while in class, they drug him. This is a different time, entirely different time. They drug him out of class while he had the teaching aids and the professor had asked him to bring these. So you're looking at something endemic at this school and endemic with certain individuals who would like to make you lose your rights. This kiddo is facing 20-something years in prison, potentially, for a terrorist threat. It should be noted, John Arthur, that Michigan is not your hospitable house for conservatism. When he's, when he's advocating some of these things, he is very much going against the grain. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. I think Christians, conservatives, Republicans should be more winsome, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, first off, do not post pictures of your guns online because this garbage will happen to you. Don't be stupid. You have every right to, but it's like the woman who walks in a dark alley in a bikini, in a thong. What do you think is going to happen? No, I'm not victim blaming. I'm saying be smart. There are bad people in this world who want to get you. There are big bad wolves. It is not your fault. You should be able to walk through a dark alley with a bikini on. You should be able to post your gun pictures online. That's not the world we're living in. We're not living in that reality. You should be able to walk naked down the street and not have a problem, but we live in a sinful world. Okay? Be smart. But uh, this kid is facing huge charges, and they're seriously prosecuting him. This has been a failure across the board. Amendments to the laws have been attempted to be put in place by Republican uh, uh, state legislatures. However, they have not gotten it through. So let's go ahead and throw this one around the room real quick. Let's go with the chair of politics. Ten second hot take. Just one thing that I want to point out that I think is very important from this Yahoo article. It mentions specifically The university allows students to bring firearms to the school as long as they're registered. That's not the problem that they're presenting here. Correct. It was checked in. It was literally checked in. He he went to register his gun, and when he went, he was then questioned by security. And then charged And then charged. So just the fact that he had a gun or was bringing a gun on campus is not the problem. He was following the regulations that the university put forward publicly to tell students, if you want to bring a gun to campus, this is what you do. He was following all of those steps. So where in this chain did they decide that it was a terroristic threat? Because because terrorists don't check their guns in. Yes, I propose it was the term snowflakes. I think that was the trigger for the um, whoever made this decision that they could get one side of the political aisle all the way behind their backs. Because they were mad. Culture um, chair, give your hot take. Okay. Um, first, I want to find some illumination on this. Um, 
So another word for a gun in urban culture is a heater. So, <laughs> like, I mean, and You're people who, and people who are familiar with that might have been wrong. more uh, might have been more worried about it. Um, no, I mean you can probably understand what he meant. Not that he's literally going to light the whole place up, but I that, hate to interrupt you, but I just want to point out. Everyone who makes gun laws has no idea about guns and therefore would not have that context. Oh, oh no, I completely agree. The, um, <laughs> that it's... The, okay, that's, that's too far a road. That's too far a road and we don't have enough time. Um, but no, okay. So, one, we're going back to the family. Family time with Winston. We need to raise our kids better. We need to raise them smarter. There's... There's no reason that our kids or our kids can uh can go out to the go out to the cruel world and not have an in, or not have an ounce of street smarts on them. Mm. Cuz at this time you need them. Yep. Cuz if you don't you're just going to get hit by a bus because you didn't know that the uh the crosswalk is no longer a crosswalk. It's just an extended part of the road. We need to teach um Act, especially for the especially for the young kids, and I'm way over ten seconds. But um, uh, especially for the men, especially for the men, because we we can get into this stuff very quickly, and we're we're usually the ones with the shorter tempers as well, and the bravado, especially for a young guy, especially for young. So we need more discipleship from the older generation for the younger generation. Mm. Amen. So moving over to the chair of theology, the Second Amendment is recognized in the United States as an inalienable right, the right to defend oneself. When the government comes and starts to systematically remove that, what's the Christian's response to that? Well, the verse that comes to my mind is a wise man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. And what I mean by that is you have a history of schools with dead bodies. So this young man, I, I, I really was unwise for what he did because, yes, he may be innocent in what he's saying and what, you know, he didn't mean anything by it, but you're talking to a public that has a history and there's a lot of bloodshed. There's a lot of hurt and pain and suffering, and words matter. And you know what we're going to learn today in James chapter 3, your words matter. And to think through before say something or write something is very wise. Absolutely. I do think it is wise. I don't think it, uh, it should warrant the response, but you're right. Uh, like I said before, don't be dumb. But moving on to the chair of philosophy. I think uh, Lucas could have done himself a lot more good by not saying anything. And maybe Jennifer's right. The term snowflakes really just popped it off. But if he had kept his mouth shut and just kept the AR-15 on campus walking around with it and not anything happened, guess what? People are going to go, okay, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. So suffice it to say, his, his mis, uh, uh, miswording of that aside, I, I, I would say on a, uh, from a Christian economic standpoint, and this is an interesting, interesting twist for, for this one, 
you look at what they're trying to do, they're trying to make it impossible for an individual to defend themselves. And that's why I'm an agree. absolutist on this. I don't care what he said. If it wasn't a threat, I don't care. Because what they're doing, and by the way, gun control, we have hear all these things that are rooted in slavery. Most of the time you hear it's rooted in slavery, it's baloney. Uh, gun control is rooted in slavery. Okay, The earliest gun control was a tax stamp on automatic weapons and weapons that were better for close quarters. $200. That was roughly half the price or the price of a car. You could get a cheap car for that in the 30s. They wanted to keep the Negroes, the Italians, and the Chinese from being able to buy these, the poor Italians. They couldn't help the mobs with, with the mobsters, but they wanted to keep the undesirables. You got, you got to remember the early 1900s, uh, the, the, the Anglos were still very opposed to some of the other European, especially the Eastern European ingress, in addition to the Asians and, of course, as we all know, the African uh, uh, transplants. So with that said, you look at what gun control started as and what it has always been about, been about keeping the population under control. And they have always made it impossible, whether it's through legal fees, court fees, or tax stamps. They've always tried to mitigate the Americans' capacity since the, since the early 1900s, they've been trying to do this. And so what they're doing here is they're making one more person have a hard time being able to do it. And I, I, the real story that I don't want to get lost here is you have a guy who said a thing that was not a terrorist threat being locked up as a terrorist. That's what I really don't want us to lose sight of. I'm going to pray for you. We have a country that has laws put in place where that is now an active threat to another individual. They are going to start doing this to Christians. That's where I don't care what he said. It wasn't a threat. It was stupid, but it was not a threat. So um, from the chair of politics, um, from a more serious note of what I said to Winston is, the people who are making these laws don't know anything about guns. Real quick, uh, what is it, pressure test, I guess, or a little um, way that you can maybe feel someone out who might be making these gun laws. Do they think the AR of AR-15 stands for assault rifle? Because if you do, I'm sorry, you're not informed and you should not be making policies on guns. It stands for Armalite Rifle. Please, everyone who is an advocate of responsible gun ownership, use that as a club. Beat these uneducated fools who are trying to make laws, not the Amen. everyday people, the people who are trying to make laws. Beat them over the head with it because they are messing with our unalienable God-given right to defend ourselves when they know nothing about what they're talking about and all of their security is armed and they want to leave us unarmed. Amen. So with that said, round the room, starting with the culture chair, let's wrap up this one and we'll move on to our final story. Well... We need more discipleship from the older generation to the younger generation. The older generation has messed up quite a few times in their lifetime. Um, I know our, my friend just told me he 
possibly cost his country or not country his company uh a couple hundred thousand dollars and which sounds like a, a huge deal but in in that workforce and stuff like that that's just another day at the office um it happens all the time and for some it's just a rite of passage it's an expensive mistake that or it's an expensive lesson that the company has taught him that he will never forget now this could be a uh this could have i mean could have been completely mitigated if we never had social media but that's agreed um that because i mean you're you're allowing uh 10 15 uh, even seven year olds uh a giant platform where their voices can be completely misconstrued by people who wish to utilize them as stepping stones for their careers and it's sad that we've resorted to those tactics for children and that's what they are they're they're still children i'm 23 i'm still a child we need more discipleship from the older generation to the younger generation amen fear of theology well, you know, I'm only going to answer for my sin. I said earlier that he made a post and you have a history, but he's not responsible for the history. I know what people are trying to say is they're protecting in case something happened. He can only answer for what he's done. And at this point, it doesn't look like he's really done anything but made a foolish post. And so his sin, the sins of the others cannot be used against him, according to the word of God. What's frightening is, is they're going to try. That's correct. Frightening for one stupid post, but not a terrorist threat. It's really, it's sad to see that uh, the government thinks that this is the right path to go down. You know, this, we were talking about equality earlier, and the thing is, is that we, we have seen... Well, Ilhan Omar is a great example of some of the rhetoric that she has spewed. Why are those things not considered terroristic? So there's not an equal Correct. application of what's being done here in this situation. Uh, I do think it was unwise for him to do that, but it, it's, I think, even more unwise is the way the government is trying to Go after him because it doesn't stop at this case. That's correct. It sets case law. And, case. and one more thing, just to Jennifer's point. So we're talking about in a second men, uh, second amendment right here. I would advocate there's actually two issues at play. It's second amendment and free speech. Amen. First and second. Uh, yeah. Rights. If the first don't work, the second kicks in. So the political chair. <laughs> yeah. So politically, I think that's a really important point that you just said. If the first don't work, the second kicks in. Free speech is something that people are willing to take a hard line on, more so than the Second Amendment. I think there's a a broader audience that they can that w we can appeal to in defense of free speech. I think it's a slightly narrower audience that would be very uh, willing to to go to bat for the Second Amendment. Well, so, with that in mind, if they can't get the first right now, they're coming for it. They want to, and they will eventually if we don't stop them. If they can't get that right now because we've held the culture just enough, that there's just enough people who are willing to defend free speech, they'll go for the second one first 
where there's just not quite enough to defend it. And once that's fallen, there's nothing, there's nothing left to stop them from bulldozing forward. Well, exactly. And that, that right there is an interesting piece because you look at the Second Amendment and the attacks on it. The Second Amendment is one of the most pro-women's rights issues. Amen. It is a force multiplier when a woman can have a handgun with whatever capacity she wants in her purse or on her thigh, okay, or on her hip. That is a force multiplier. We live in a bad, bad world. And a five foot one woman against a six foot three attacker, she pulls out the pistol first, she probably wins and walks away. Just a great example of that being the case, Middle East. Yes, exactly. When you take away the rights, who gets oppressed? Those who are physically weaker. That is just a biological fact, which, by the way, plays very well into our next story, which we'll go ahead and hit in just a second. But on the economic wrap, remember, they are trying to use the legal system, the legislative docket, to prevent you from being able to defend your right economically. That is always what they've done. Whether they tax the gun, they make it so impossible to own it because if you ever have to use it, if it ever shows up, if it's ever seen, you will be sued. They're trying to make it untenable for an individual to have a firearm. But speaking about the left's attacks on women, uh, the, other, the other day, it didn't quite make it into uh, our show, but there was a guy, uh, the only way I can say it is, is uh, he's letting his wang show in a, in a in a public locker room with twelve and fourteen year old women, uh, and you know he he can be there because of the laws in that place, and these California. men and these men can can come and go and oh and by the way now they can compete in women's sports, they can compete in women's sports, and uh, there was a great uh, little moment in the Ohio legislature when. A woman, uh, her name was, uh, I want to say it was Jenna. Was it Jenna? Yes. Uh, Jenna Jenna Powell from District 80 up there in Ohio. (laughs) She says, hey, look, on this this note of athletes being able to to make money on their own likeness and image, these are like collegiate athletes, right? Why don't we just go ahead while we're on the subject and just – have separate women's sports and men's sports. I'm sorry. I don't understand how it became radical to not allow a man to beat the ever-loving crap out of a woman in MMA. How is that? How is that? So, so, but their you response bigot. is telling. Hmm? You bigot. I am a bigot. If that makes me a bigot, I am a bigot. I am a bigot against stupidity. But their response was very telling. They started to bang the tables and slap and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can cut this in here. No school, inter- no school interscholastic conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. Going around the room, the reaction to simple opening they're trying to open the discussion. They're making a motion to add protection for women's sports so women don't get the tar beat out of them. 
so that they don't lose scholarships. The response is banging the tables, censorship, and then moaning like a like a half dead Tuscan Raider, uh, or 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 a, or a injured sea lion, going around the room from the culture hot take. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said, Senator. Thank you. <laughs> or Congressperson. I prefer the term Chewbacca. arguments. Chewbacca. I'm still not convinced that he's not a transgender sea lion, trans species sea lion, and he's now identifying as that. He wants to swim in women's sports. Well, I actually identify as a mongoose. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> from the culture chair, moving on to the chair of theology. When discourse breaks down to that level, it's it's a reflection that you're losing civilization as you know it. Um, this type of behavior, the childlike behavior that this older gentleman thought was acceptable, because it was a view that he didn't hold or a position that he didn't support. And so, this is something that the Democrats have been doing for a while. It's hate speech. And, you know, it's very interesting. I heard a man say yesterday, he was a comedian, he goes, remember the days when you could agree with one Democratic view and then maybe a couple of Republican views? You can't do that anymore. Remember the day when you could like black people and like police? You can't do that anymore. Um, it's a breakdown of civil civilization as we know it, really what it is. And because of what we're embracing, that cannot be justified. Really, it can't, it's not reasonable. There's, there's no justification for it. And it almost lends to the idea that maybe they're losing the argument, moving over to the chair of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you what's really sad here is the issue that we can't allow a dialogue on a topic. The difference between humans and animals is we can think they can't. And they have instinct, instincts, sure, but they can't think through things. And what we are doing by trying to silence people is we're taking it from the physicality and, and voice and, and just making it pure physical. We're, we're, not, we're not allowing ourselves to think like we should. Absolutely. So we're running short on time. Going to go to the political chair? Yes. Totally agree with everything that you guys have mentioned from cultural, theological, philosophical, all these points of view specifically political why are we talking about this politically in government why is government legislating these things is that the purpose of government to 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 regulate the culture no the purpose of government is to protect people which i think you can possibly make a case for keeping men out of women's sports it might be a protection to prevent women from being beaten certainly but out on of a, a locker room yes yeah. but on a broader level of the transgenderism or these sort of gender ideologies and many of the other social movements that they're pushing right now why is that being put in the hands of government amen amen well and the answer to that is power money sex those three things which leads right to the economic chair i'll go ahead and start to wrap us up here but just the short on that when you start to lose power, when you start to lose the argument, you resort to banging on the table and moaning like a sea lion. Uh, that is a sign that they have lost the argument, and now they're pouting, and they're going to go to the room and cry. Go ahead and cry it out, 
and the rest of us will move on. By the way, that vote passed, I believe, is 51 to 40, if I, if I remember correctly. However, 51 to 40, holy cow, yikes. That shouldn't have even been close. It shouldn't have been. A, it should not have been an issue. However, that is the issue. Those are the issues that we're fighting today. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Culture, make it well, quick. Okay, I won't. I won't go to my uh, hot take because I know that was greatly offensive to some. But <laughs> the like, see, this is why we need at least a high school diploma for you to uh, be working in government. But this is also to say that we need more. Uh, the government does not resemble the people. Government is nothing but politicians and lawyers. And last I checked, all of my neighbors weren't politicians and lawyers. Um, we need some common sense. There's a lot of law sense, but that's usually very different from common sense. Amen. Well, I would say that the high schools have done a bad job anyway, but <laughs> you're not wrong. Better education would be great in politics. Moving on to the chair of theology, any closing thoughts for the day? I think this is a very reasonable argument, and I don't think that the transgender um, movement into men into women's sports is going to last because you're going to have a lot of Democratic men and women who have daughters who are going to lose out to transgender, and I, it's going to hit home. They're totally gonna be, missing it. Yes. So I don't think this is going to last. I, I really think that I'm encouraged to see the number of people starting to get engaged in the school boards, going to meetings, things like that. And this is another one of those issues that's going to get there. Uh, it, 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 people are going, showing up for uh, meetings and everything. They don't want this happening. And this is what it's going to take. This is the stuff of getting out of the, getting the frog out of the, out of the fry or out of the pan of water and doing something. All right. Wrapping up for the day, the political Wait. chair. I thought you were going to skip me. No. <laughs> no. I was about to be very offended. How dare you? Again? Again. <laughs> so, covered a lot of topics today. I think generally I can say politically we need to be educated. Something like this podcast is great to dip your toes in, hear about a whole bunch of different stories. Totally agree. But we need to be willing to go and dig deeper ourselves. We can't be reliant on things like podcasts and, and YouTube videos and things like that to tell us everything we need to know. We need to look into it ourselves. And don't Every believe time. your lying eyes. We are going to start putting all of the references in the descriptions. And, of course, we'll start to have these listed at Provoke to Reason yes. as well. Read them. Yep. Take the time. And when you read an article and it makes a claim... Go look it up and check make it sure out. it's correct. Check it out. Always Read check opposing sources. sources. Broaden your mind. Educate yourself. Absolutely. Amen and amen. From the economic standpoint, they are coming for your livelihood. As we see, they're coming for your life. It's going to happen. Your yep. best life now is your life with Christ. Your fulfillment is in Christ. It is not in what we can lose. Make sure that you keep your knees bowed and your chin up, okay? Pray, 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 and then get out there and work. With that said, thank you so much for listening in. We appreciate your listenership and viewership. The podcast numbers are going up. Thank you so much. Please you. like, share, and subscribe, all those good things. And as always, 
If you have a, an argument that you wish had been put in today, go ahead and throw it down in there in the comment section below and uh, tell us from which chair you're arguing. If you have a disagreement with us, go ahead and throw it down there and let us know which chair from which you're arguing, etc., etc. Every like, share, and subscribe helps this podcast immensely, and we are immensely gratif uh, gratified by it. Thank you so much. With that said, uh, see y'all next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Have Thank nice. you. Nacho.